Hello, friends. Today, we are going to be jumping into some real, real stuff about healing and hurt and relationships. And you are going to be so glad that you joined us today. I have a wonderful, wonderful woman with me today, woman of God. Her name is Tina Conkin. You can find her online at tinaconkin.com. She is a mother to three and a grandmother to three, and she is the founder and director of Relationship Lifeline and a coach to so many. Uh, Tina is an author and relationship expert, a counselor, and a conference speaker. And Tina's passion is to help heal the brokenhearted by giving them a clear path to live the life they've always imagined. So buckle up. Get ready and join us today in this wonderful conversation I'm about to have with Tina Conkin. I'm so glad you can be here. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Tina, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Krista. It's such an honor. And uh, just the fact that, that you have a heart for moms and kids, that just speaks to my heart. Oh, thank you so much. So this topic is a difficult one, talking about um, betrayal, and it's not really one that I think anyone wants to talk about, but I know that it's one that I think has will touch every person's life at some point, whether it be their life directly or be the life of a friend or a cousin or a sister or someone and so I think having our hearts prepared, whether we're in the trenches of it right now or knowing that it's a place that our lives will touch on at some point is very important. So um, can you just start off sharing, how did you even get into this topic of conversation? Yeah, well, to be honest, you know, to go along with your theme of kids, I started out in children's ministry and that's how I met my husband mm-hmm. with really at a kids camp he was the worship leader and I was the guest speaker and there were hundreds of kids there and um, for a long time we kept being children's pastors after we were married and also youth workers mm-hmm. uh, so going into this line of work where I now work with intensives and you know marriages that are 911 mm-hmm. that are trying to make the decision you know do we stay together we see of course a lot of addiction you know that plays a part Um, or betrayal, you know, with infidelity. And so a lot of, uh, what can you say, a a line of a line drawn in the sand, you know, making this work, are we staying together? Are we separating? And when we do our three day intensives in Southern California, we really um, help people go to that place where they heal individually instead of working on the relationship, because the relationship for most of them are, is on hold. And, and we don't know, are we going forward? Are we you know, separating? So for us as a ministry, our goal is to get, get every individual healthy enough to make intelligent decisions. Hmm. What do I mean by that? I mean, high emotions, if you've just found out you've been betrayed, 
not a good time to make a decision about the rest of your life, you know? And, um, and so we, our purpose is to get both individuals healthy. And that's why even if your partner won't come, you know, we allow people to come as individuals to the three days because of that, because a healthy heart makes healthy decisions. Hmm. Toxic heart, you know, or a hurt heart or an angry heart or a heart that is full of hardness, right, is going to make decisions based on feelings instead of healthy feelings on toxic feelings. So mm-hmm. that's sort of how, you know, when you ask how we got into it, well, we transitioned from children, youth, to parents, adults, you know, and people in relationships, including individuals that are not necessarily married, because we felt if we can get adults healthier, it's going to result in healthier children. That's so interesting. I did the same thing. So I've worked with children always. My whole life, I've led children's music. And when I felt last year that the Lord was telling me, you need to be willing to minister to moms, one of my struggles was, but how do I leave the children? Lord, I can't walk away from them. And I felt God so clearly tell me, if you love their moms well, then they can be loving and serving their children well. And I thought, oh, okay, I guess I'm in that place now. Yeah, get the moms healthy. And then you're reaching more than one child that's in front of you. Then you're reaching generational, you know, generational toxicity. Right. Just the child. And the other reason also is for this very reason, as we get into this topic of betrayal, it is a tough topic. Mm-hmm. But right off and coming right out of the gate, I want those that are listening, especially those that have been betrayed, often feel like the victim. And we treat them like the victim. Mm-hmm. And so I come from a place where I do not believe in the victim mentality. We, as long as we are adults, are not victims. Again, that is why I fight for children, because they are the victims of your decisions. Mm. They are the victims of your anger. They are the victims of the betrayal, right? As adults, we made those decisions, right and wrong. Now, this is not in any way to be condemning or put blame. We all falter. We all sin. We all make mistakes and therefore grace right? Mm -hmm. But the victim mentality will keep us in that place. Grace takes us out Mm. of being a victim to being just forgiven. And that's how Jesus was because Jesus was, I was thinking about that going into this topic because I was praying about it over the weekend, thinking about how Jesus is a model of even having been betrayed. And he didn't go into the last supper as a victim, knowing that betrayal was right around the corner, but he went into it with grace. Yeah. And think about the woman, you know, caught in adultery. You know, he looked around as she still got her head in the sand, you know, and and hiding. And he looked around and he said, woman, where are your accusers? She had to look up. She couldn't stay the victim, Mm. right? She had to look up and look around and say, they're gone. Like they're not here. The minute you stop being a victim, the accuser, the betrayal has to remove itself. It You're going past it, right? Now there's work to be done. I mean, you know, before she could lift her head up and he had to tell her now go and no more, you know, don't do this to yourself anymore. Like lift your head up, 
because I'm not accusing you anymore either. So whether you are the betrayed or the betrayer, the answer, the grace part of it is the same. We need to receive grace and we need to show grace. And for me, I think it was realizing that he didn't get to betrayal alone. Yes, he made that decision on his own and we make no excuses for those that fall, right? They're wrong is they're wrong. But what I could do was say, okay, what part did we both play to get here? Mm. How did we get here? How did we get to betrayal? We didn't get married thinking there'd be adultery one day. Mm -hmm. right? We didn't get, we didn't fall in love with the idea that one day, you know, we could be talking divorce or being out of love. So what happened in the journey in between? And that's really what I help moms, wives, uh, singles, anybody, anybody with a broken heart, I help them examine their heart. Why? Because I think the scripture that caused us to seek healing more than any other scripture is probably where the Pharisees asked Jesus, do you agree with divorce? Because Moses did and he allowed it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whenever the Pharisees are asking questions, it's usually a trick question. <laughs> and he didn't get tricked easily. So we've got to get smarter at answering the enemy's questions because he always comes along with questions, you know. But his answer to that in Matthew 19, 8, if they want to look it up later, really is, you know what, Moses allowed divorce. And the answer was interesting, because our whole ministry is built on that. His answer was, it wasn't, he allowed it because of the hardness of the heart. Hmm. Not because of adultery, not because you burnt the soup today, not because, you know, but because of the hardness of the heart. And so when Ron and I, you know, my husband, I'm now a widow um, of seven years. But, you know, when we started our healing journey, that is what we looked at. What does the hardness of the heart look like? Because that puts us both in a place of responsibility, not a place of victim but a place of responsibility. Did it hurt? Yes. Did I cry every day for who knows how long? Yes. Did I have nightmares? Yes. I still had to walk out the healing, but at least now I knew what took us there. And that was both what Jesus said was the hardness of our heart. So we started to identify where the hardness of the heart started. For me, if I go back into my story, my hardness of heart that protected me from hurt was rejection because rejection was what hurt me the most as a child, knowing that I wasn't wanted, knowing that I shouldn't have been born. That's where my protective walls came up when I was a victim as a child. Problem is I grew up and didn't get rid of the hardness of heart. Yeah, it was based on that fear that was that that seed yes. implanted so early. Yeah. And so valid. It's such a valid fear. It's not that it's no, not, re not real. <laughs> yeah. And back then, I needed certain things to protect me from that rejection, to protect me from abuse, to protect me even from sexual being molested, you know, and what I used was anger and control. Mm. Right. So there comes all your now, for me, control and anger worked well together. For other people, it could be that they use drugs or alcohol or pornography, or behavioral addictions, you know, mm -hmm. and 
So whatever you use to harden your heart, better way to put it is to medicate your heart, right? Mm -hmm. Not feel pain. Take away the feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And as a child, I got to be honest, anger and control were good friends. Mm. They protected me from a lot. They protected me from pain. They protected me from feeling, right? And and they protected me from that big rock of rejection. Mm-hmm. So as we started to look at that as an individual, as we started to look at ourselves as individuals and the rocks, I call them rocks because one rock at a time builds a wall. Mm-hmm. One rock at a time hardens your heart. So for me, the rock of anger, the rock of rejection, the rock of guilt, right? The rock of unforgiveness. I brought all that into my marriage. Mm -hmm. So when I needed control, because I felt out of control, or Mm -hmm. that my husband wasn't quite understanding, or he I felt rejection from him, then of course, anger and control came up. And those rocks started to build a wall between us. One of the things that because of pain that I can truly say I had to become responsible for was when I vowed never to nurture again. So I was not a nurturing mm. wife. I was not a nurturing mom. But you didn't did you didn't know that though when you were going into marriage and into motherhood. No, not mm. at all. And it wasn't until you know I started rejecting my eight-year-old. That's where it started. Then mm. the affair happened, right? And pretty soon I'm going like the innocent child who's eight isn't responsible, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, my husband is responsible for the betrayal, but but what's, you know, and, and other relationships that I was looking at, right? I'm going, there's a common denominator here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm part of it. Wow. So I've got to, I've got to look at my part. So yeah. how did you, how did you even get to that place of of being willing to Turn that finger to look at yourself. Yeah, well, that's an interesting question, Krista, because when your whole life falls apart and you're about to lose everything, marriage, your kids, your your, your whole sense of purpose, ministry, you know, we were at that place where it's do or die, you Mm -hmm. know, now. And everything we'd worked for, I mean, we were in ministry at the time. And so um, it it was one of those things that, and and I've got to tell you, if they get, I'm going to, pump my book out there. Okay? Yeah, I do. God use the other woman. They can get it on Amazon and, and, um, you know, Tina Conkin, how God used the other woman, but to tell you the whole story in here takes you through right from day one, within the first 24 hours that I found out I'd been betrayed was when God showed up. Now, when God shows up, you either acknowledge it's God, which thank God I did though for about two or three minutes, I fought him. I I did not want to believe that was God because God went directly to my crying out as a victim. Mm -hmm. So I find out 10 minutes, you know, within 12 hours, I haven't slept. My husband is out of town when I find out. Um, And he confirms it on the phone that it's true, you know, so it was the worst way to find out. And I, I don't sleep the whole night. My eyes are puffed like you wouldn't believe. I get up and I look in the mirror and there's this ugly puffed up 
you know, this face that I'm looking at. And I start crying my eyes out again, you know, and I'm just, now I start with, how could you let this happen, God? Mm -hmm. Like, what is going on here? We're in ministry. Now I'm giving God some of my credentials. You know, we're in ministry, right? Like, how how could we were we didn't even have a bad marriage? Like, where did this come from? And I'm just pointing the finger, and now I'm blaming my husband, I'm blaming God, I'm blaming the other woman, you know, total victim, right? And as I look in the mirror, I hear this inner voice that just says, stop crying and ask yourself the question, what part you played in this? Well, now I think I'm hearing demons, right? Yeah, yeah. It sounds a lot like blame to me. (laughs) And I'm going, wait a minute, what part I played? But see, when you really surrender those feelings, and you accept that God would never harm you. Then I had to do a quick switch and understand he wasn't blaming me. He wasn't holding me accountable for the affair. He was just saying, what part did you play in getting here? How did we both get here? Mm-hmm. Because until you heal those roots, you'll keep repeating. Right. Right. And so for me, I was still mad, though, at that moment. I was very real. And I said, well, I don't know how I got here. But if you want to shed any light on there, I'm all ears, you know. And God being God, he Mm. said, all right, let me show you. And that's where they have to buy the book and how he showed me. It was such a miracle moment. It was like, the only thing I can say and compare it to is it was like, he took me, I don't know if you've ever, or if you're too young to have seen that movie, It's a Wonderful Life. You know? Oh, yes, yes. And he he goes back and, you know, sees what his life would have been like without certain things. And, and or, or even the Scrooge movie, you know, it was one of those moments where I felt I was picked up. I had an out-of-body experience and I was taken back in a time where I closed my heart and I said, I will never I was eight, I was 19. And I said, I will never, ever love like that again. Mm. And so it wasn't that I didn't love my husband. I cut off the piece of my heart and I hardened it, the hardness of the heart. Mm-hmm. Right? So I hardened that piece of my heart that naturally nurtures as a mother, as a wife, as a woman. I thought never again. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Because there was such loss at that age that I thought I could never do this again. I could never go through this again and keep a soundness of mind. Right. So how did you get past that place? Well, when I recognized that I made that vow, you know, and God took me into that moment in my past when I was 20 years old, I thought, oh, wow. Hmm. Now I knew now I had to start the journey of healing. I said, God, how do I, first of all, I had to break the vow and I had to know because another question that I get asked a lot is, um, you know, how, how can you ever trust again? Right. See, I didn't trust that I was safe enough to ever experience loss again. So Mm -hmm. I took my heart off to loss. So I was prepared. If I lost my children, I'd be fine. If I lost my husband, I'd be fine. If I lost a friend, I'd be fine. Because that part of my heart was hardened. 
Uh So loss was never going to kill me. Loss was never going to send me over the edge. So, but when you make that kind of vow, it also means that you're not nurturing, Mm. giving a full heart. Yeah. Because then you're vulnerable. Exactly. It took away all vulnerability. Right. So to be honest, the process of healing took two years Mm. and I did have to find, you know, like I went to counseling that, that didn't quite get it. Um, I just found that they were going into my past and I thought, I don't want to deal with my past. I'm going to deal with right now. I want to deal with areas, you know, like I want to know how to heal my heart, but I don't want to go back into my mother issues. They were trying to take me back into, you know, way back. And I thought, I didn't even think that was scriptural. Mm -hmm. Well, soon found out, you know, that when the apostle Paul talks about leaving your past behind and moving forward, he's actually talking about having your past resolved. Mm. You are not, the word forget there isn't the word forget. It's the word resolve, the past. So yet you can move forward. That Mm. your past isn't going with you into your future. Yeah. Stopping you from making healthy decisions. And so that's where that started. And that's where the intensive started. We help people go there through an experiential program. And I talk a lot about that in the book and that if head knowledge does not heal. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the apostle Paul said too much knowledge makes one mad. Yes. So I had all the knowledge, but I couldn't get rid of the rejection. I had all the knowledge, but I couldn't break the vow. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't even know I'd made the vow until God showed it to me. So the process of healing and especially betrayal or, you know, if any other parent is out there, like I know you, you work with moms mm-hmm. I often get asked, do you really love all your children the same way? No, I loved my son and I rejected my daughter. So mm-hmm. how does that work? You know, and I knew that, you know, does that mean I loved one more than the other? It was different, but I definitely did not nurture one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, thinking about that idea of betrayal and rejection, that it can absolutely be in a marriage. It can also be in friendships. It could also be with parents thinking about how many moms, when they all of a sudden become moms realize, Oh my goodness, there is a betrayal or a rejection in my home life growing up that I didn't even know existed until they have a love for their child of their own, that it takes, it brings back that pain Right. that they didn't even know was at the depth that it was. Yeah. And and that's, you, you've hit the nail right on there because that's what I discovered in going backwards when that counselor tried to get me to go backwards and I wouldn't, and I ended up in a, you know, five-day intensive myself. Mm. That place I went to was realizing that the reason I started rejecting her at the age of eight is because she was bringing up old wounds mm. in myself. And so now it was like looking in the mirror things that I had tried to bury. So when you bury emotions that are not resolved, you're not, they're not dead. Right. So Mm. I often compare it to, I remember one time I had trash and there was a hole in the garbage bag. Right. And in the trash, there'd been some fish. So guess what? Some of the liquid had gone underneath the bag. So when I, threw away the garbage because it stank so bad you know I sprayed some stuff on it and everything but I just found like within 24 hours that smell would come back and I thought what the heck I've cleaned it 
you know, it's a brand new bag. I've sprayed it. What's wrong with it? Well, see, what I couldn't see was the bottom of the garbage can. That's what I wasn't cleaning. Because mm. it so didn't that, look dirty. Yeah, right? that all feels really hard, though. <laughs> Like, and it's, I know, I know that the long run of the process that because God is faithful and he is a good God. And we believe that what the enemy has intended for evil, because we live in a sinful world, God is good and he will work for the good, even though it doesn't make the, the relationship pain and the struggles, it doesn't make those good, but God can use them for his good. But the process of the cleaning and actually going back to the bottom of that can. Yeah. How does someone even start? That's that's what needed to be disinfected. Not a brand new bag put on top. Not another, you know, I can do this, right? Or you've got this. And and I want to really be sensitive to those that are at the beginning of the healing, that want healing, that even desire it. And that is the last thing I wanted to hear was what you just said. We know that God will use it for good, right? I didn't want to hear that. You know, when, when you're in that fresh pain, God one day will use your story. And you know what? All true. He has used my story. Focus on the family. Put this out. I We have in the past 20 years healed thousands of couples that would have made the divorce, the divorce their choice, you know? So... But at the time I was going through the pain, that's not what I wanted to hear. Not at all. You know, and and so I want to be sensitive to those listeners. If you're in pain right now, acknowledge that pain. Know that that infection hurts. You know, something that has come in to kill you hurts. Mm -hmm. And it's stolen something from you. All true. And it's wanting to destroy you. Grab hold of just a little bit of hope. Maybe pick up the phone, you know, call a friend, um, a friend that wants to see you win in this battle. No, mm. not just a friend that wants to validate your victimhood. Right. And 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 be willing to do the hard work. And if you can't get to an intensive, find a group, anything that will help you. But the main thing, and even by just getting a $20 book or $15 book, there are exercises in here. I included it in here mm-hmm. that if you can't get to an intensive, at least start the road of recovery. And like you said, this isn't a book for just people that have been betrayed by a husband or wife. It's not just about an affair. It's about the rocks that we bring into all of our relationships, the rocks that you bring in as a mom, mm-hmm. the type of mom that you are, if there's still that stinky stuff underneath, right, that hasn't been disinfected in your own life, then that's what you're putting out there. And, you know, scripturally, maybe we call it generational curses, mm-hmm. right? But we have power to not have to carry that into other generations. Mm-hmm. And so we are responsible as parents. We are responsible as Christians to get clean. You mm-hmm. know, and, and the Bible talks about when you have a clean house, what are you going to refill it with? In our weekend and throughout the book, I teach people how to use the R3 process. And that is, for me, what we did for two years and now we've been teaching for the last 20 years. And that is the R3 factor is one is to reveal. 
You cannot change or heal what you don't reveal. Until I was able to reveal what God showed me about, you know, making that vow that I would never love like that again, until I found that rejection rock, I couldn't heal or change it. Mm. So that's the first step is to be able to reveal what is not working, right? So if something in your parenting you know is not working and you're beating your head against the wall, maybe it goes deeper than that. Right. I think in those processes, sometimes I can't see those things in myself. So I'll right. have to pray, maybe even fast over, Lord, show me what it is. And also be vulnerable to ask those who are closest to me, whether it be my husband or a close friend or my mom, to say, do you see something that I'm missing? Mm-hmm. Um, to allow them to speak into that. Them. Yes. Give them permission. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you know they love you. Right. 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 That would be a very right way. group. That wouldn't be a, you know, an Instagram post to say, does exactly. anyone see anything in my family? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the second then would be uh, to rewrite. Mm-hmm. So there's reveal, and that's about yesterday, you know, the hurts and the rocks of yesterday. And then to rewrite means you can't change the past, but you can change how you view it, how you experience it the kind of power it has over you, that's about today, right? Mm -hmm. So today, I don't have to be a victim. I was a victim yesterday. Today, I can make the decision that I can rewrite the victim script, Mm -hmm. right? That's so empowering. Yes. And And knowing that you can because you Mm -hmm. have the power of decision, Mm -hmm. So it it's going to take, like I said, it took me two years to rewrite the story that I wasn't a victim, but- at a point of adult maturity because yes you are as a child you are a victim yes of those things so there's a point that I think there's a shift that happens yes. in your adulthood when you say okay that's what was but no more right and there's a point where you can't blame other people anymore when you're an adult it's mm-hmm. not your mother's fault it's not your father's fault now you're responsible for the decisions you make now you're responsible for the kind of mom you are Mm -hmm. Now you're responsible for the kind of wife you are. Mm -hmm. So that means you have the capacity to turn it around, to change it, right? Even though you might've been a victim. And then the third, which I love is about the future. It's about tomorrow. And that is to renew. Mm -hmm. So when we start renewing our mind, we start renewing our heart. We start placing new, um, a new vocabulary, you know, and believing those things that we keep reciting mm-hmm. it with our mouth. Let the weak say I am strong, right? That's part of renewal. And, um, and that's making life better than it ever was before. Mm-hmm. So that's really the three steps we take you through in the experiential world that I work in. And so that it's not just up here. It's not just head knowledge, but it actually reaches the heart where the decisions are made. So if someone was in this place themselves right now, or if they had a friend, you right. know, or a sister or someone who was in a place. We're always just asking for a friend. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, of course, they could, um, you know, share, share this conversation with them as a starting place. That That's so non-threatening just to say, hey, I know you've been in this place. I thought this might be an encouragement to you. They could buy your book. Yeah. Um, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes too, so that they have that available. And they also could contact Relationship Lifeline to see about yeah. the 
um, the intensive. And if that would be something that they would be willing to do, because I do think when you think long-term, like you said, in the moment of hurt is not when you want to be making choices for the rest of your life. But when you think long-term about the rest of your life, those what's one more, what's one try, right? You know, what, what if you tried and it helped? Yeah. And you know what, Krista, here's the thing. I think we're still one of the few, if not the only program out there that still offers your money back guarantee. Wow. It just, you know, if you find absolutely no change from the time you walk in till you leave, no personal help, we don't guarantee your marriage will make it because maybe it's not supposed to, you know, maybe you're there for co-parenting. Maybe all we care about is each individual gets healthy so Mm -hmm. that they're making healthy decisions about their future. And not every divorce has been an unhealthy decision, Hmm. but we do have a 90% success rate in people staying together. So, you know, it's, but it's not about that. It's about getting healthy. And so if you feel the program hasn't helped you at all, yes, you've wasted three days of your life. But at this point, is that really something you're willing to risk? You know, and financially, you're not risking anything. That's wonderful. Well, I so appreciate your perspective on all of this. I feel like the idea of a betrayal, whether it be from roots of childhood or something that someone is currently in is such a hopeless, painful space to be in. And you have just turned this into a place of such hope and possibility of a future that, that can be one that is so full of life and full of redemption in a place that the world would say it's over, right? You're, you're done and completely turned that. So thank you so, so very much, Tina. Thanks, Krista. I enjoyed that. Wow. Tina had so much wonderful information to share with us today and so much hope, so much hope for a future in a time when otherwise we could just sit in brokenness that I know whether it's for yourself or a friend that God is going to use that information. I I fully believe it. So I want to tell you real quick, something you're going to want to do is watch on my Instagram this week. My Instagram is seek holy living because I'm going to have a giveaway for you. So Tina's book is going to be there as a giveaway. And she has also generously offered a giveaway of a discount to go to their relationship lifeline um, conference. And if you could be served by being better equipped in your relationships, don't, don't miss out on that. Don't miss out on that giveaway opportunity. Um, or if you have a friend, if you know somebody who is in a place that is in crisis in a relationship, whether it be in their marriage or in a crisis in a relationship with friends or with family, please send them to my Instagram, Seek Holy Living, or to Tina's, Tina Conkin, or Relationship Lifeline, to her Instagram there, at Relationship Lifeline, and um, do the giveaway there if you would like. Either way, though, so that we can get them there and, and encourage them, you know, you're not out anything. You're not out anything just by, just by trying, just give, give it a try. Um, I believe that God is going to use her and her ministry there to impact your relationships for God's glory for eternity. So, um, check her out, check out her Instagram, do our giveaway, and uh, maybe you'll be the one to win her book. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you have a blessed week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. 
I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us next week for a story of hope after a difficult diagnosis.